0: And when you find providers and partners that succeed for you, deliver value for you and with you, you stick with that, right? And that's why Resource has delivered for me.
1: Welcome to The Wrap, Resourcive as a podcast. I'm Nick Cressy, Managing Director of Strategic Partnerships, joined by Kyle Hall, our Lead Consultant and Director of Operations. Each week, we will bring you a conversation with leading industry players to spotlight emerging technology, share best in class carrier insights, and discuss how innovative tech is driving businesses forward. Whether you're an operating partner at a private equity firm, a CIO, or other business leader, tune in weekly as we share insights from the expanding playing field of digital transformation.
2: Today, we're joined by Dom Damasia, CIO of United Door and Hardware, a company that has experienced about 200% growth over the last two years. We discussed with Dom how he prioritizes projects, how he functions in a high growth organization, and also why he chooses to leverage resources. Hope you enjoy.
1: Welcome to The Wrap, Dom Damasia, CIO at Unified Door and Hardware, and a client of ours, what's
2: going on today?
0: Well, let me tell you, the day's been like a blur and it's been a good blur. It's kind of like looking out the side view mirror and just watching all the scenery go by. But we're, we're quite active over here, Unified Door and Hardware Group. The market's been fantastic for us. Construction is booming in this economy, which, uh, which we love. Yeah,
1: let's, let's dive right in. Give us a little background about yourself, about the company. You know, you're kind of a portfolio company, serial CIO at this point. Really cool to hear your perspective of the growth there.
0: Yeah, f- fantastic. Well, let's first start with Unified Door and Hardware Group. Business has been around at its core for over 30 years. Most recently, over the last eight years, it's grown significantly over the, th- through merger and acquisitions. Two years ago, the business was acquired by a private equity firm. I should also say that the focus of our business is the commercial construction space. We supply doors and related hardware and other componentry into that space. Think about Yankee Stadium, the Philadelphia arenas and stadiums. Think about high-rise buildings, 30, 40, 90-story buildings. We're supplying the doors and all the opening controls for those types of buildings. Myself, a career IT professional, spent half my career on the vendor side of the business, delivering solutions into the marketplace, and the other half on what I call the end-user side of the business, consuming you know, those various products and services and deploying them for, well. For capitalism. All right. So my background includes direct marketing, e-commerce, DRTV, QVC Network, for example, manufacturing and and wholesale distribution. I've been involved in startups, mid-cap size companies, as well as larger publicly held companies. And as you point out, private equity firms as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, so tell us a little bit about your experience working in in the private equity world, because I, I think is it up to like six acquisitions since we've been working together here at, at UD8?
0: Yeah, well, at least so this is my this is my fifth private equity experience that is involved with a company owned by PE. First off, over the course of those various experiences, the n- total number of acquisitions and or mergers, well over twenty here alone in the just short of two years I've been with United Army Unified Duran Hardware Group. We've acquired five businesses in that short period of time, and, and certainly there's, there are more to come.
2: Outstanding. I mean, Dom, you've got such a, such a broad background, you know, really, across sectors, across industry, both on the buyer and ultimately seller side from the vendor space. You know, what, what do you see as kind of the, the key fundamental differences being in the high growth companies that you're in and just constantly kind of being in this you know, acquisition and then the subsequent merger activities?
0: Yeah, it's, it's a great question, right? What 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 are some of the challenges being in a, a, a private equity owned enterprise, right? And these are things that fit my personality quite well. I guess you could, we gravitate to those places where we're most comfortable. Rapid growth, MA and and integration drive the CIO's agenda, right? So what does that mean? Typically it involves re-automation of, of some form because we're pulling together companies with disparate systems, right? And so we're looking for efficiency gains. We're looking for a foundation, foundational infrastructure, ERP platforms, CPQ platforms, networking, voice and telephony circuitry, all positioned to allow the business to grow. PE is all about growth. It's about exiting for profit for their shareholders and their stakeholders. And then, of course, in order to get there, we have to facilitate the integration so it's not enough to just acquire a business now we in order to get those efficiencies we really need to integrate that business into a single unified operation
2: yeah i got it i mean you know when you when you pull one of those companies in you have a whole wide breadth you know after you kind of get your feet wet and and do your assessment of projects that you can take on how do you kind of sort the wheat from the chaff and decide which ones are going to move the needle
0: so really a, another solid question. It's insightful because in my experience, it starts at the front end with due diligence, right? So this is pre-transaction, getting in there, understanding that target acquisitions environment and identifying opportunities for improvement as well as opportunities to leverage technology that they may have that, that is beneficial for the rest of our enterprise. So you're in there pre-transaction, taking a look, Getting familiar with the organization, getting familiar with the technology, and then plotting your course from there for post-transaction integration work and or re-automation work.
2: You know, the thing I've I've been impressed, you know, in 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 my dealings with you historically and what I've what I've seen, and probably the reason you you've ended up in the spaces that you're at is this the speed with which you, you know, can move and drive some of these things. What do you kind of credit that to? You know, how do you get all of these people, all of these organizations? You know, aligned with the technology strategy and moving quicker and faster and further.
0: Yeah, it starts with reading, right? Reading the environment, reading the, the horizon, right? What's going on in that particular company, understanding, of course, having a clear cut understanding of what the growth strategy is within our organization, what the timeline is and the horizon for that growth, right? We start there because now we know what we need to achieve. And then we determine based on the acquisitions condition, infrastructure, people, how do we bring them into the fold, right? What are we looking for? We're looking at third-party contracts. We're again, looking at their infrastructure. We're looking at their support environment. What projects do they have underway? Should that project continue? Do Do we look to suspend or terminate the project? How do we include the resources at the target company? What additional resources might they need? So it starts with the read, right? Let's get a good sense. When I look up ice, who's open for a pass, right? Get the read. Once we get the read, we then fold that in, overlay our overall plan to that business and look for those efficiency gains. Starting initially with communications platform. Let's all get on the same communications platform, right? Whether it's Teams, whether it's O365, let's pick one, let's get on the same platform, let's get on the same phone system, because communication is ultimately important, and it allows us to, to be efficient in our, in our day-to-day. It's just to touch on a few, a few items.
1: You know, let's go back to diligence. We get involved usually post-acquisition, although we do a little diligence work. How involved are you in that process, and what are the potholes that you're looking out for? Because, you know, once, once that deal closes, you know, you know that's your headache now.
0: Yeah, it's true. Well, first of all, let me say that yes, very much involved in the due diligence effort. Two, never enough time, right? I, you know, I, I want a month of Sundays to get in there and, and do my work. But you know, over the course of time, and when you take a, you get a look at enough of these, you understand what to look for pretty quickly. We go in with a checklist, and and sometimes that checklist is 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 in one's head if it's a smaller acquisition, and sometimes it's literally a checklist. And what we're looking at is. When we just look at their infrastructure, we have any antiquated technology in there? What does a cybersecurity defense shield look like, right? What exposures and risks do we have there? A very hot topic today, as it should be, that everyone's concerned, almost paranoid about. So we look at that. We're taking a look at third-party relationships and um, what, the, what services are being provided. Are they being adequately provided? Should we replace that with our existing service providers or the other way around? So I'm looking for as many opportunities to be found as I am to replace. So again, those are some of the items that provide insight early on that help us then formulate the plan for post-transaction integration. The business timeline is always going to drive what happens post-transaction as it should, right? It's not about the next bell or whistle or shiny object. It's about what's the business integration plan And then we, from an IT perspective, will follow that plan, we'll enable that plan.
1: Yeah, that's great. And tell us a little bit about the collaboration with the private equity firms, because I know there's different variants of depth they get into. And and when they do bring in their IT and financial leaders, I mean, are they relying heavily on your feedback? Are they going over this checklist with you? And what's that look like?
0: Yeah, it, it does vary from PE firm to PE firm. They all have their own Personalities, their own MO. Current PE firm that we're involved with is fantastic. What I'm seeing more and more with PE firms is that they have a resident CIO slash CTO, right? That works with their various portfolio companies, CIOs and CTOs, on hot topics and/or significant risks. So, for example, cybersecurity, which I already mentioned, you know, it's top of everyone's list. So CIO, resident CIO at the PE firm works with each one of the portfolio CIOs to ensure that risk, cybersecurity risk is mitigated and we're covered off. From a business standpoint, understanding the, the private equity's growth objectives, target exit, and what's required to achieve that exit so they can satisfy their stakeholders is also very important. And then lastly, you know, when, when PE comes in and acquires a business. They, of course, also, through their due diligence effort, identify strengths and weaknesses within that, that particular acquisition. And just from a technology standpoint, they're going to come in and identify the need for perhaps a, an upgrade or a new ERP platform, or they'll find a gaps in some other area of the business. Could be communications platform, could be telephony, whatever the case may be. And when those, right, when those gaps and those short Cummings are identified, that's going to be on a list that becomes part of a program for that particular portfolio company to resolve. And certainly that was the, the case here. I want to emphasize, again, they all, they're all unique. They all have their own personalities, generally as a company, but they're also all very focused, focused on growth, focused on profitability for, uh, for exit.
2: Yeah, you know, that resident CIO, kind of CTO SME is something we've we've really seen emerge. You know, I guess in the last four or five years, I mean, seems to be, you know, table stakes in the in the larger firms at least. The newer thing we're seeing a lot more of is a is a build out of procurement centers, you know, procurement centers of excellence or or having, you know, additional SMEs in in the procurement space where we find a lot of interest is where those two meet each other, right? And in the build out of business case for new technologies and that sort of thing. Of how do you approach that and even just you know, prioritize? I mean, look, there's a, there's a near infinite number of new technologies that you could bring and successfully executed projects would probably produce value. But how do you stack rank them? How do you really quickly sort through that?
0: Yeah. So so let's take that first comment and topic first, right? Procurement. Because across a portfolio of companies, there's an opportunity to, to combine and aggregate purchases, Right. For, for obvious benefit and, and that certainly exists with the current PE and the last couple of PEs I've been with. And it, it makes total sense. And so what we do is establish a program with a, a one or two or a collection of suppliers, and everyone gets to buy in or buy from that particular supplier for whatever the case may be, right? Whatever the item may be. And maybe it's laptops, maybe it's monitors, whatever the case may be. The way we take advantage of these programs is We have quarterly conversations, depends on topic. We were running monthly on cybersecurity about a year ago across the portfolio CIOs. We came together, we collaborated, we identified and shared, and then we went off and executed within each of our respective companies, right? Now we're getting together quarterly on, on topics to share with each other learnings that we can bring to the table that the others might benefit from. And that includes, by the way, sharing MSPs, for example, our other service providers. For example, I have shared resources with several uh, other portfolio companies and to success, in fact. And so there was a need and, and there was a fit and, and it worked out really well. That's so just a, an example as to how we go about, uh, at least in this particular portfolio, sharing information and, and leveraging each other's experience. Thank you for that, by the way.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: we love that and, and we've seen it and it works. To transition a little bit, we talk to a lot of CIOs when we're in the, the heat of the battle, right? And we do hear more and more that you know they're focused on driving the business and they're more focused up and out rather than down and in. So when you start talking about those resources, be it third party consultants, etc., what are you looking for from a trusted partner?
0: Obviously it depends on the environment and what you need. So it starts with need, but once the is identified and we start to go to market and solicit, I'm looking for subject matter expertise, deep experience in that area of need. So whether it be an MSP or telephony provider, uh, whatever the case may be, we're looking for deep experience. I'm looking for a clientele that's similar to us, right? That means they've done it before and they understand us. I'm looking for a provider who can meet our needs in terms of being nimble, being responsive, right, to us. Often, you'll, you'll, uh, one will put in place a contract, and you know, you're expecting that call to be answered, and, and it takes 60 minutes before you know, that, that call comes back to you, or maybe it takes two days. Worst case situation that you don't want to be in. So we're looking for responsiveness, and, and that can be extracted. It can be learned through the solicitation process, right? Through your requirements document, talking to their customers and who are like you, and you can extract and get a sense for how well they might fit you. Every company has a personality. Every company has an M.O. You want to find the one you pair up against. Once the decision's made, now you have to live together, right? And I find that truly treating our providers as an extension of our organization works best. So all of my providers, I consider them to be part of the team, as if they're part of Unified Door and Hardware Group. They're part of my internal meetings. They're part of my correspondence. They understand our plans, right? Because we don't want to just throw something over the transom and, and, and have them deal with it. I want them to understand our business, understand the growth plan, understand what we're trying to achieve. Only then can they best service us, because then they really feel engaged, right? Our providers, I'll, you know, I'll ship them out unified, you know, shirts and hats, and you know, be part of the be part of the group, guys. So that's that's the that's the approach we take
2: well it, it makes perfect sense because of you know some of your early comments there right you're looking for a cultural alignment throughout the sales process cuz you recognize and I, I think oftentimes i think this sometimes goes by you know by buyers they think that hey there can be a sales organization that has you know a certain personality inside a company and the delivery is going to be fundamentally different that has happened but it's not common you should you should pretty much assume you know that that cultural experience that you're getting from the sales team within any organization, likely to carry over to the delivery as well. So, you know, very astute to be looking for that cultural alignment.
0: I agree, Kyle. I'll tell you, you treat a third-party provider as a third-party provider, you're going to get third-party service, all right? That's what you're going to get. But you, you integrate them and make them integral to your organization, you're going to get a completely different level of service.
2: That's my experience. That's certainly what we see, you know, time and time again. So,
1: Don, I mean, what's next? Like, what are you looking for? I think the, the coolest thing talking to CIOs is there's, always, there, there's never a finish line with you guys. You're always looking for the next thing, right?
0: So what's your next five-meter target? So uh, I'm, I'm going to make that very specific to Unified Door and Hardware Group, yeah. right? We are in the process of implementing and re-automating all things IT new ERP platform, new front-end CPQ platform, completely new infrastructure, wide area network, including all of our circuitry. As I mentioned, we are a collection of companies. We have no fewer than than 27 companies in this organization. And integrating them to be a unified enterprise is extremely important. So we are, we have locations across the country. And We are in the process of, as I mentioned, re-automating all of our telephony, all of our data circuitry, our phone system, our business processes systems, and even in some cases, our our personnel, right? So that we can get the right skills in place. That's all in motion, as we speak, and has been for the last 15 to 18 months now. All right. What's next? Well, because we have these disparate companies that have come together through through acquisition, we have a rollout schedule. So once we implement the the initial uh, location for ERP and our CPQ platforms, we'll then start rolling out. That rollout's gonna take 18, 24 months across the entire enterprise. At the same time, we're also preparing for for ownership exit, which is gonna happen at some point. I don't know when, right? But at some point it will happen. So we're preparing for that, knowing that that will occur and a new, owner will come in that might be maybe another private equity firm it may be a competitor in the marketplace we don't know so in order to prepare for that, I need to ensure that our systems are in place as quickly as possible that we're able to roll roll these systems out to all of our various locations as quickly as possible and most importantly garner as much efficiency gain as, as quickly as possible right so so in terms of new technologies, always on the lookout for additional, I call them defense shields. I'm almost paranoid about cybersecurity. When you least expect that that's when it's going to get you. So we're looking at uh, always looking for new defense shields and new mechanisms to protect ourselves, looking for new tools to enable our resources, internal resources to be as productive and as efficient as possible. So we have architects and engineers in this business, as you can imagine, who are constantly are daily involved in reading blueprints, interpreting those blueprints and designing solutions for these door openings. So finding what effectively are AutoCAD applications to make them more efficient and integrate them with our front end CPQ platform, for example, is, is something that's on the horizon. Looking at upgrades to existing platforms that may benefit us is, is also something we're constantly
2: on the lookout for. Thanks for that rundown. You know, do, you, do you feel like you're seeing other trends, even outside of UDH and your quarterly meetups? You know, We talked, obviously, cyber has been top of mind concern for some time. What do you see on the horizon? You know, what do you see out there?
0: Sure. So let's step back you know, 15 months ago, right, and, and COVID hit, the pandemic hit. And next thing you know, everyone, you know, everyone is on our communications platform of some kind for sharing files, video conferencing, people working from home, right? That, that swept through this business as well as many others overnight, effectively. So we were able to transition from, you know, 500 plus people in an office, in an environment, by the way, we're working from home was, was not necessarily encouraged to everyone basically working from home, except for a, a handful of us who continue to report to the office, literally about 10 people, right? So what's on the horizon next? What does that look like? What does our world look like as the pandemic begins to wind down? What do I expect? I expect a hybrid environment. I expect people to continue to work from home some period of time throughout the week. So what does that mean? If you're in a cloud environment, uh, which hopefully you are. And if not, highly recommend you, you, you move in that direction because that's going to support a hybrid environment best, right? Versus on-prem solutions that, that may be not as efficient, and not as not as nimble for individuals who are sharing their time in office as well as at home or at some other location. So look for those, look for solutions that enable and make more efficient a hybrid environment like that. that I, I see that as a, as a, as a an almost near term need, certainly for our business.
2: Yeah, you know it's it's interesting. I I see out there and potentially even now where you know you you have prospective job candidates and talent that are going to be asking about the tool set that's used in the workplace. You know, and how easy do you make it to work from home? The solutions you're able to bring in are going to impact HR's ability to to recruit and retain talent.
0: Hundred percent. There's, there's no question about it. We're, we're, we're In fact, just this morning in our, in our board meeting, we were having this conversation around a particular role that typically would be based here in the office and some of the challenges trying to, to fulfill this role that we're faced with. Forget about money. I mean, you can keep throwing money at it and you can increase salary, but at the end of the day, the needs are the, needs are the same. We need to be able to accommodate what's going on in and around the world that, that we live in. And, this, and the pandemic is still with us. We're going to continue. And if when this pandemic ends, there'll be something else. But there's been a shift. There's been a shift in in viewpoint, leadership here, ownership here. As I said, discouraged working from home today. They encourage it. We're talking about some old school construction people, right? Now they don't change. They don't change their their views as, as frequently or as often as you might think. So. So having those types of solutions and being able to accommodate adding resources is, is extremely important. And, and we're doing it. Yeah, we're doing it today and, and we expect to continue to do it. So I'm looking for tools that, that help that, enable that even more so.
2: I have to give you some credit in you know, facilitating that kind of mind shift, right? Certainly, if you weren't on point in deploying solutions, it would have been a lot harder to get people to say, hey, maybe this work from home thing is viable. You know, so a lot of work there over the last year and a half on your part and your team.
0: Yeah, you know, I appreciate that, Kyle. But you know what they say, right? Necessity is the mother of invention, and in this case, the mother of thought transition as well. <laughs> so I had some help.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Little little spur along there. You know, I would be I would be remiss if I didn't ask it. You, you know, you're you're a repeat offender, Dom. Why do you keep working with us? Why do you why do you come back? And what do you count on us for?
0: You know, I, I mentioned earlier that when, when you look to partner with a provider in the marketplace you want to find one that has subject matter expertise that has experience in what you're trying to accomplish and that can easily integrate with with your culture and when you find providers and partners that succeed for you deliver value for you and with you you stick with that right and that's why Resource of has delivered for me. can't speak for all of resources customers Resource has delivered for me delivered in terms of cost savings in terms of efficiency gains, consolidation of telephony providers to make our world easier to manage, all the while being in lockstep with the market. so I know when I talk to Resource of i'm receiving up to the moment information, and that's very meaningful to me. With the relationships and the experience that resource of resources have in the marketplace, it comes to bear each and every time. So it's, it's been a fantastic relationship for for our businesses.
2: Thank you for that, Dom. We we look forward to producing those sort of results. You know, for the rest of your career with you.
0: Same here. And let Kathy know that she can ex- she can take an excerpt of that as a testimony. <laughs>
2: Oh, there you go. She has it already. <laughs>
0: She's been chasing me for a month and a half.
2: <laughs> oh, good. That is great. Thank you
0: so much.
1: Hey, before we let you out of here, we like to leave with a couple, you know, questions to get to know you a little
0: bit. All right.
1: You know, what's one piece of tech you can't live without?
0: Can't yeah. say your phone. Yeah. So you know, I've given this some thought and, and again, in light of everything you've heard from me today and, and very contemporary communications platform, right? We, we happen to be an MS team shop here, so we can't live without that. We need to be able to communicate in all forms, right? So communications platform can't live without. And, and by the way, I'm responding right now from a, a business perspective, right? And then two, there's another piece of technology, and that's, that's cybersecurity defense shields. We can't live without that. On a personal level, technology I you know, that I find myself needing. Uh, a few years ago, I had my knee replaced. I dropped 60 pounds. I love my, my, I love my bike. I love my exercise equipment, and, and the more technology and equipment I can get there, the better I feel about myself. And I wish I had my ear pad, my ear pods, that would help me too, but I forgot those today. Oh, good.
1: All right. And lastly, we like to give the listeners a little opportunity to make some money. So, do you have any hot tech stocks that you're interested in? Tech's getting crushed right now, but you know, maybe you got well, some. Well, certain
0: tech is, right? right. So, again, you're going to hear the theme cybersecurity. Yep. Right. Look at cybersecurity companies, companies like Rapid Seven, Fortinet, right, Palo Alto Networks. These these are blue chip, what I'd consider blue chip cybersecurity offerings out there, and and there's some lower hanging fruit like Splunk is is out there, right. So I, I think if you take a look at the cybersecurity companies, I don't I don't think you'll miss.
2: Dom, it was excellent having you on. Really appreciated it, and you know. As always, look, looking forward to, to being a service for you.
0: Well, guys, I appreciate the opportunity to share my world with you. I look forward to working with you so that, you know, ongoing here. And thanks for the time. Absolutely. That's a wrap. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I don't know
1: about you, Cobb, but I'm fired up. That was some great feedback, huh?
2: Yeah. I mean, look you know, we work some pretty long hours. We work a lot of projects. There's nothing better than getting getting some great feedback.
1: I agree. I loved it. One thing that really spoke to me in, in hearing what Dom's looking for in a third party, or even a provider, what he was saying, is companies that understand their culture. That's something that we really strive to do here. We've been told over and over again, you can't come in and kind of take over or mandate anything here, right? We're all about coming in, Understanding the vision of the company, understanding the vision of the private equity firm, and helping these IT and finance leaders get to where they're going faster and more effectively.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Look, one of the, one of the first conversations we have in our kickoff, and this is really with all the stakeholders. This is both finance, procurement, and IT. What's the overarching strategy you're looking to do here? You know, is it growth? Is it exit? Is it a rebrand? Is it a change of customer experience? Is it a platform play? Right? Do we need to source? and implement technology that is scalable because you're going to be acquiring more companies and you want to bolt them onto this one, right? So that's kind of one of the first things we do is understand that strategy. The next is we work with them to identify what are the milestone outcomes that are needed, right? Where we heavily focus and what, you know, I talk to our consultants about every day is how to work with these IT departments to deliver outcomes. You you heard Dom. I mean. He's got, he's got no spare time to waste on a project that is not going to move the needle, that's not going to produce outcomes. So that's what we're focused on, right? Understand the strategy, find the outcomes along the way, and start delivering them.
1: Yeah, and I think what, the reason that we continue to stay engaged with him on what, a second or third company now that we've worked with him, is we are that trusted advisor. We are that trusted resource and ally. And at the end of the day, it's all about delivering. It's not just about sourcing. It's not just about, you know, looking around the corner. You have to actually put that into action. You have to deliver. And at the end of the day, that's what resources here to do. And that's really how we differentiate ourselves in the market in a lot of ways. We're there with those CIOs, not just when it's fun to get pricing and and slash prices, not just when they sign on the dotted line. We're in the trenches with implementation managers and project managers managing those carriers to ensure that they are aligned with that company's culture and their, you know, their high-priced salespeople weren't just telling a little white lie to get, a, to get the, the signature on the dotted line. So it's great to hear that feedback. It's great to hear that it's appreciated.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Look, resource of outcomes delivered. That's what we're focusing on. That's what we're doing. Love hearing it from Dom. Cool. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. We're going to be looking for more CIOs, hopefully a couple PE
1: folks joining in the next couple weeks. Thanks. Thanks for listening to The RAF Resource as a Podcast. For more information about Resourcive and how we are creating value for our clients, find us at Resourcive.com or reach out to us directly at TheWrapAtResourcive.com.